I guess I got a little too excited about exercising myself to godliness. I flipped right through to the concordance daily reading plan. <laughs> Let me get back where I belong. First Timothy chapter five, uh, verses seven and eight is our uh, verse for our sermon this morning. Again, first Timothy chapter four, I might've said five, first Timothy chapter four, verses seven and eight. Uh, I, again, I want to mention what we noticed in Sabbath class, which was about private uh, worship today in the general context of uh, created for worship by uh, Pastor Jason Halopoulos with Ligonier Ministries. It's just amazing timing how well it works with this morning's message and this evening's message. This morning, exercise thyself unto godliness. This evening, uh, grow uh, in grace. Uh, by God's word. So it really all works out well. And I, I want to just mention that to you to see the Lord is with us. I didn't plan it that way, but the Lord has a plan. And uh, one of his plans, his will for us, we know, is that we would be sanctified. Uh, our sanctification is his will. And he uses means to do that. Growing in grace, uh, growing in progressive sanctification, making progress in piety, which we remember is implied by Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And what we need to recognize, that involves our exercise. And that's what Paul is going to bring our attention to today with this image of physical exercise and saying that has some benefit to us on earth physically, uh, but there's much more benefit to be had by spiritual exercise with physical exercise as our, as our uh, image that he's giving us. Hear now the word of the Lord, 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. For bodily exercise profiteth little. Oh, excuse me. I started in verse 8. Verse 7. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. I'd like to read that for you again. This time I'll start on verse 7. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of the life which is to come. Now recognize he isn't saying when he says bodily exercise profiteth little. He doesn't mean like little like it's not it's bad or, you know, it's, it just means it doesn't have the same level of benefit. You know, just as there's some little benefit in physical exercise with our bodies, because our bodies don't last until the resurrection, there is so much more benefit from spiritual exercise. Go, arguing from the lesser to the greater, but he's not saying physical exercise is bad. For, for, and of course, we know that from many other scriptures that uh, taking care of our body as psychosomatic beings is important. But he's wanting to argue from the greater, uh, lesser to the greater and emphasize with what we know of physical exercise and its physical benefits that are rather temporary, especially as we grow older. <laughs> uh, yet the spiritual exercises don't fade as we grow older and just keep increasing and into the promised land forever. May the Lord bless the reading, uh, the preaching, the hearing, the believing and the responding to his holy word. 
Well, as you know, I, uh, I catch a lot of YouTube shorts these days as I rock the little ones to sleep with my phone and earbuds. And uh, this is one I actually uh, mentioned to you a while ago on a Wednesday night, but just very uh, kind of a flyover. And I'd like to share with you what is actually said. Uh, it's by, uh, uh, I guess you say, a site, a website, Vibe Highest, Vibe Highest. And uh, the man is speaking to another man, and he shares about this that I think is uh, really helpful to consider with our text today. He writes this. Well, he says this, excuse me. Most people don't know this, but there's a brain structure called the anterior mid-cingulate cortex. What's interesting about this brain area is there is now a lot of data showing that when people do something they don't want to do, like add three hours of exercise per day or per week, or when people who are trying to diet and lose weight resist eating something. When people do anything that they, and this is the important part, that they don't want to do. It's not about adding more work. It's about, in, it's about adding more work that you don't want to do. This brain area gets bigger. Now, here's what's especially interesting about this brain area to me. The anterior mid-cingulate cortex is smaller in obese people. It gets bigger when they diet. It's larger in athletes. It's especially large or grows larger in people that see themselves as challenged and overcome some challenge. And in people that live a very long time, this area keeps its size. Scientists are starting to think of the anterior mid-cingulate cortex not just as one of the seats of willpower, but perhaps actually the seat of the will to live. See, what he's saying is when you do things you don't want to do, and notice how he brought up exercise and athletes, and there's a part of your brain that grows, but it has to be when you do something you don't want to do. It's not just more work. It has to be doing something you don't want to do. You have a challenge, overcoming that challenge. That's when that piece of the brain grows, and it keeps growing. And the question for you is, do you will to live? Do you will to live well, especially spiritually? Because, again, these things are examples to us of some benefit in this life, but spiritual exercise even more so. Your spiritual habits grow your spiritual muscles. Your spiritual habits grow your spiritual life. And that's the biggest thing to work on. That's the most important thing to work out. But often, do you lack motivation? Are you intimidated? Does it hurt at first? Especially when we first come to the Lord, we have all to learn, and sometimes it can feel like it's just, it's like walking into the weight room for the first time saying, oh, where do I start, and how am I ever going to get to that, what they're doing, right? But we all have those moments. We're all needing to grow, and we all have that challenge to be motivated. We all have that difficulty of exercising. If you have that problem of not wanting to do it, perfect. 
Because as we learned with this illustration of the, let me look at my line, or my words here, the anterior mid-cingulate cortex. I don't think I would be able to remember that too well, unless I keep working at it, right? <laughs> the key to growth is growing in an area that you don't want to grow, that you have to really push yourself to grow in. That's where you'll grow. Not where it's easy, not where you're kind of smooth, but where you struggle spiritually. That's where to exercise unto godliness. And rather than be defiled by wicked influences that should be refused, Christians should build themselves up in godliness with spiritual exercises that have the greatest benefits now and forever. I'll give that to you as the main idea of our text. Christians, thinking actually of the context, rather than be defiled by wicked influences that should be refused, Christians should build themselves up in godliness with spiritual exercises that have the greatest benefits now and forever. Let's focus on the word exercise. That's really the main idea we want to come with with today. We'll talk about what those spiritual exercises are. We generally know. But let's think about that word. Paul is giving an example of physical exercise and the little profit that it produces. It's as a motivation. He's not saying, again, that it's unworthy. It's just that... It's limited in its benefits because we're dying. And uh, as we all know, as we get older, we can't do the same physical exercise and we don't get the same benefit out of it. So there's a there's a decaying aspect of it. But there's some benefit. And even as we're older, what we are able to do physically helps us stay stronger, helps us do better than we would otherwise. Right. Uh, he's using that illustration of physical exercise. And, you know, he uses illustrations elsewhere of the Roman games. Paul values the idea of physical exercise and physical strengthening and competing uh, to use for spiritual illustrations. Physical exercise gives some profit, but it's little because of how long it lasts. In this case, what he wants to emphasize, spiritual exercise, it has benefits that last. They bless you now, and they continue as blessings into heaven. You just keep growing and you don't lose anything of all your investment. You take it right with you into heaven. Keep growing in the Lord there. Yet without sin there. Exercise unto what? Godliness. Notice it doesn't say intellect. And all these things are related and evolved. It doesn't say knowledge. It says godliness. All of it is to produce godliness, just as theology is to produce doxology. And we praise our Lord not only with our worship, but in our life as how we live for him. Exercise yourself unto godliness. Grow in grace. Sanctification, which is the Lord's will. Two things highlighted, as you know, in the New Testament, that is the will for the Lord. Are you wondering, young people, especially, are you wondering what is God's will for your life? Hey, welcome to the club. Whatever age we're at, we're always wondering that. Here's the answer your sanctification the other answer in the new testament is your thankfulness by their way they're both in the same letter to the thessalonians he wants you to grow in grace he wants you to grow in holiness sanctification and that word godliness could be translated piety it could be translated watch out people think this isn't a word that applies to christianity yes it is it could be translated religion Religion obviously has its things that you do, right? James talks about what is the true and perfect religion, right? Those who take care of widows and orphans and keep themselves unspotted from the world. Religious exercise is what we're talking about here, to grow 
in grace and godliness and piety. Now, the Greek word for exercise here is where we get, and notice exercise comes up as a verb and a noun. It's the Greek word. You can see it if you look at it. It's, uh, it's where we get the word gymnasium. So keep that in view with what we're looking at today and Paul's emphasis with this illustration from physical life of what he wants us to be thinking about how we should be going about growing in grace and spirituality. We got to go to the gym. We got to work out. Got to exercise if we're going to grow in godliness. It's not going to happen if we don't. But the encouragement is it's going to happen if we do. By God's promises, by God's grace. Now here's an interesting thing. The word that looks like gymnasium, where we get the word gymnasium in the Greek for exercise, you could translate it. Another thing the lexicons offer, you could translate it harass. Harass yourselves unto godliness. Kind of makes you think about, uh, you know, like uh, in Hebrews where it says provoke one another unto love and good works. Make sure we get up and go to church. Don't neglect worship like many people do, right? Uh, kind of this harassing thing. I can't help but think when I was a wrestler, I know I've shared with you before in high school as a wrestler, and I kind of picked up what I watched of a state champion who uh, mopped the mat with me in one wrestling camp. And I, uh, I thought my nose was broken at first, but I learned a lot from him. He was much better. Bigger and stronger and more accomplished. And I was pretty young and not so big and strong at the time. Anyhow, uh, you know what he would do? I noticed he would, he would do this. He'd, he'd just beat his legs and, beat his, and then he'd beat his face. And there's something about that that just wakes you up and gets the adrenaline going and gets your body moving. And harass yourself unto holiness. Ooh, I could change it. Let's say it that way. Harass yourself unto holiness. Harass. Like, what is the idea of harass? Will you stop harassing me? Will you leave me alone? Exactly. Don't leave yourself alone. Don't take no as an answer. Right? I'm tired today. I need a break. No, you don't. Get up. I read my Bible last week. Read it now again today. You think you don't need food today? It's food. You don't need food today? You think you're going to be okay spiritually? You don't get the word of God? You know? Harass yourself unto holiness. Exercise yourselves unto godliness. Remember Matthew 11, verse 12. The violent, Jesus says, the violent take heaven by force. And the idea is those who really want to be close to Jesus for healing and to hear his preaching and grow, go out of their way to get there through the masses. Push to the front as much as they can. Try to touch his robe. Open up the roof to let somebody down in if they have to. This is how we're to go about it. We're to go after Christ like that. And this is helpful for us to be reminded of. Sometimes I think we're too shy. We're too sheepish. We almost feel like, oh, I don't want to be too, you know, ask too much of the Lord. Well, he's asking this of you. Harass yourselves unto holiness. Exercise yourselves unto godliness. Remember Thomas Watson, his famous book based on that verse, the, Jesus says, the violent take heaven by force. He named his book, Heaven Taken by Storm. You're supposed to be going after it with the same kind of effort that athletes go after being great athletes so that they win the prize. That's the language Paul uses elsewhere, right? They finish the, way, the race, they win the prize. And to be able to run that kind of race, you got to go to the gym. You got to exercise. You got to practice, right? So that when you go out in the race of life, you've prepared yourself and you need to prepare yourself daily.
<laughs> I'm going to call you now saying, yeah, I'm just making a pastoral visit. I've come to harass you in holiness. <laughs> it's funny how all the all of a sudden my phone's not going to, nobody's going to pick up now, right? <laughs> but would you please do that to me? Harass me a little bit. Hey, how was your Bible study this week? How's your time in prayer? Grow in grace. Because the thing is, it has such great benefits for us. Now, the other thing is this exercise is literally holding on to the promise of life. That, that Greek word for we having, having the promise of life. Uh, it's, it could be translated holding on. So again, have that view of I'm stretching out, as Paul talks about elsewhere, to grasp and have the prize and the benefits that come with it. Jesus promises you an abundant life. Work it, girl. <laughs> Work it, brother. He promises you an abundant life. Work it. Jesus promises you eternal life. Work it. Work it. Grow in grace. Philippians 2, 12 to 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, remember when we went through Philippians, I pointed out, and I preached this text another time also. Uh, this is not saying work out your salvation, you're earning your salvation. The context is clearly referring to sanctification. Okay? But work it out. What you can say to people today, hey, what are you doing going to church today? I'm going to work out. I'm going to the gym. That's maybe way we could talk about church, huh? That's the way we could talk about going to Sabbath class. That's the way we could talk about going to the men and women's studies. That's the way we could talk about going to Wednesday night studies. Where are you going? I'm going to work out. Why well, are you going to work? I'm going to the gym. The gracious gym. God's gracious gym. I think I've actually seen some Christian companies have a God's gym with a weightlifter for, for the exercise place. I'm going to the gym, going to work out. Right. Where are you going in your closet? I'm going to do some, going to do some spiritual push-ups. Going to do, going to go work out a little bit. Hey, maybe they ought to see us come out of our prayer closet with a little bit of sweat on our face, eh? Wrestling with God all night as Jacob to get what? The blessing. He was already God's appointed uh, patriarch, but there's a blessing to be had in wrestling with God. And not being content to take it easy, to grow in sanctification by harassing ourselves, exercise, going after God and holding on to him that he would touch us, even though it might leave us with a limp, it cause us to walk closer to him and to walk in light and grace in a way we haven't. And that comes only with a blessing. In his case, as I trust many of us need, more humility, more dependent upon him and not ourselves. Now, when I preached on Philippians 2, 12 to 13, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It goes on in verse 13 to say, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And when I gave a topical sermon on that, not the one that was in the exegetical series through the book, through the letter, but when I gave a topical sermon on this, these verses, here was the sermon's message. Sanctification is hard, rewarding work. Sanctification is hard, rewarding work. Exercise, hard work. That you get the benefits, the greater benefits than physical exercise, the reward. Sanctification is hard, rewarding work. So go to the gym of the means of grace and lift and work at home and church and work out. And then you're sitting in the pews. Remember how our Westminster standards tell you you ought to be listening and participating. 
I've read a lot of things by other pastors uh, from the Puritan times saying how you ought to be participating in the pews. You ought to be exercising spiritually right now. You ought not to be sitting back like you're at a ball game, just kind of being entertained and drifting in and out. You should be exercising your spirits, working hard, thinking about what you're hearing and how you're going to do something with it when you get out of here. That's how you're going to grow in grace today. Exercise yourself unto holiness. Especially do lots of Bible curls, you know? This is how we get our, how we get our, uh, what do you call those things? Biceps. I was going to say, you can tell how much I do physically. <laughs> but think about it. Just think about that every day. Just make the application. I'm going to pick up my Bible and bring it to me. I'm going to pick up my Bible, bring it to me. I'm going to pick up my Psalter, bring it to me. And I'm going to read the Word, and I'm going to meditate. I'm going to sing the Word, and I'm going to grow in grace this morning. And I'm going to be more ready to go out and live in that grace today. You know, think about it as spiritual stretching. <laughs> Get the blood flowing, blessed with the blood of Christ. Get your spirit Rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. One of the fruits of the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. But that fruit doesn't just grow by itself. The, the Spirit is there working in us. But if we grieve the Spirit, if we quench the Spirit by a lack of an interest in participating and cooperating with Him, as He's moving us to get off the couch and we say, no, I'd rather sit here and eat my Doritos. Thank you very much. Well, then don't be surprised when you're very flabby when you finally do roll off the couch and ask somebody to help you get up. And get to the table. I mean, you know, spiritually it's the same thing. We can't just expect to get out there and run a powerful race and endure things by faith and grow. We need to be praying, Lord, increase our faith. Help thou our unbelief. His answer will be, I will and, I will, and here's how. I'm going to harass you, the Holy Spirit says, unto holiness. I'm going to provoke you to love and good works. And of course, that especially includes coming to church, coming to the gym and working out with your workout partners, coaching one another, cheering on one another. I don't know about you, but I'm not much of an exercise buff by myself. <laughs> I mean, I like to get out on the bike. I like to go walking by myself and see things, but I'm much more likely to get up and do it and especially do more of it if I have a workout buddy. Think about those things. This is why we want to give ourselves to midweek studies, men and women studies, Wednesday studies. This is why we want to give ourselves to fellowship events together, growing together in a way that we won't apart as much, though the private worship is important, of course. Hebrews 5, 13 through the first part of 6, verse 1. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are, full, are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. And Paul there is arguing, too many of you are just drinking milk still. 
You know, we rejoice. Uh, little Juliana, boy, she didn't even get to a year where she's like, Mom, I am so tired of the mushy food. Can you please let me just grab some food and eat it and put it in my mouth? I want to exercise these teeth coming through my gums. And she eats amazing right now. I mean, we're using her and say, don't you, our other little guys, hey, pay attention to your sister when you're old. Let her be the example to you. She doesn't want the milk anymore. I mean, she wants it at night, but she doesn't want the, the soft blended food. She wants to eat the meat. Uh, she wants the physical food. And this is what Paul is saying. Spiritually, too many of you in the church are still babes. You should be at least adolescents by now, at least toddlers. You should be growing into adulthood by what? You need to exercise your senses to know good and evil, to grow in the ability to, to know and understand things. How? By reason of use. By reason of use, you're studying the Bible, you're using your things like the Westminster Standards, commentaries, other things, pastoral help from elders and uh, one another. And you are growing because you don't just you're not content to just stay with the main things. You want to build and understand God and go deeper. Study to self show yourself approved, always ready to give a witness to others. You want to know the Bible more and more and exercise. And when you don't know a good answer, you don't go back and lay in the couch and feel bad and eat some ice cream. Instead, you go back to the gym. I got to work on that area. I'm going to come up with a couple verses I didn't, I should have had memorized. I'm going to practice answering that question so I'm ready next time. You see, that's the kind of thing that will increase gym membership here, beloved. Remembering that the number one by far way people come to church is a personal invitation. Well, we're not as likely to invite people to church when we're not actually exercising ourselves all that much. But as we're growing and all the benefits are shining in our life, it's more likely somebody will ask us, let alone us having to ask them to think about it. It's not a guilt trip, by the way, beloved. It's a motivation. It's a motivation for me. Well, you struggle with that private worship. You, you struggle with that. Struggle to exercise your godliness. Welcome to the club. And by the way, great. That's the area you have the most chance to grow by doing something you don't want to do. See that brain grow. See your spiritual heart grow when you do what you don't feel like doing. And remember what Jason Halopoulos said in the Sabbath video today, created for private worship. He said, habits build persons. That's what sanctification is. New habits. And it's hard and it takes repetition over time. And by the way, you perfectionists, you don't get the huge biceps overnight. Get it out of your head. That's not the way it works. Okay? And, and the other thing is to know is really those who are not the big muscle builders necessarily, but the one that build up the cardiovascular stuff, uh, at least in wrestling, those are the ones that usually did better and were stronger for endurance. You can have a show of muscles, but it's the endurance that makes you win. Usually. But if you have that problem, then remember, you want to keep building your person and don't give up on the growing in the habits. When you don't want to get out of bed in the morning to read the word, what did Mr. Halopoulos say? What did Pastor Halopoulos say? What do you do about that? You get up and you read the word. You just, you just do it. <laughs> There's a reason that's a famous slogan of one of our sports sneakers. You just do it. You, just, you don't overthink it. You just get up and you think about Jesus and you spend time talking and praying with Jesus. Obviously, you know the means of grace, prayer, reading of the word, 
the sacraments, coming to church and growing in grace with these things. But you get up. And then what's one phrase he said that's very helpful for us? You ask God to help you, of course. You don't depend on your own strength. You ask the Holy Spirit to work in you. And then as he's working in you, you work to memorize the word. You work to meditate on the word. And you work on imitating the word, right? Memorize, meditate, imitate. So that you grow in faith. And you grow in other ways in that faith. It's not just the reading of the Bible. Often that exercises trusting the Lord when you don't want to keep trusting him, when you think you ought to have that answer by now. I think I'm going to start worrying about tomorrow because I don't see the answer today. Trust a little longer. Cast your cares again. And you'll grow in faith as you are called upon to wait on him in faith with eyes of faith, not walking by sight. We are going to grow in patience. How? Not by quick answers and easy remedies. By patience is how we're going to grow in patience. What does James say? Let patience have its perfect work. And how's that going to happen? Patience and more patience. And do you remember the Hebrew, or excuse me, the Greek word for patience as we've studied that over the years, many times together? Hupomene, very good. Hupomene, what does that mean? Bearing under the weight of it. Standing up and holding the weight under it and not letting it make you cave. Not letting it crush you. Pomene, patience. That's going to make you strong as you bear up. I and mean, what do the weightlifters do sometimes, right? It's not about lots of reps. It's about how much can I hold up and stand up and not fall. That's often the exercise is just waiting on the Lord. Just increase my faith. Help thou my unbelief. I'm going to just keep trusting you, Lord. And he will lift you up on eagle's wings. He will hold you up in his hand. And he'll help you grow in patience. He'll help you grow in faith and belief. And then you'll find yourselves doing that as you give yourselves to curling your Bible to you, curling your Psalter to you, singing and praying these things, talking with one another for strength and encouragement in them. Build a godly person in yourselves, beloved. Romans six nineteen, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Now you remember we had some sermons on that a little while back. We wanted to recognize that there's a danger of sin will make you sin more and grow in more dirtiness and wickedness. And he says, you want to watch out that you don't yield yourselves over to be members of uncleanness, iniquity unto iniquity. But then he gives us the parallel. On the other hand, yield your members of serv as servants to righteousness unto holiness. There is a growing that will happen as you give yourselves to exercise in godliness. You will be growing in godliness by the exercise. And the message for you for the sermon on that text uh, related to the part righteousness unto holiness, the sermon was righteous holiness can become a holy habit. Some of us actually get pretty good at running or bike riding or jogging or walking and it's just we get good at it it's not, we don't ever get bad at it when we know that we'll get bad at it real easy if we stop and give up and slow down so we don't excuse ourselves to get loose about it but we get to where it becomes a pretty natural habit that isn't as hard though we still have to keep exercising to stay good at it 
but there's a, there's a sense of progressing in piety. There's a sense of growing in the Christian religion as we exercise ourselves unto godliness. So be motivated by that. It will get easier. You will get more familiar. And as you give yourselves time and read the word and you keep working through it, it becomes more and more of a lifestyle and more and more of a life and fellowship closely with Jesus Christ. Keeping in mind the contrast of where you don't want to go, the contrast of that part of Romans, but also uh, contrast in today's verse. Think of 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. Having therefore these promises. Now notice that's what's here today. We're holding on to the promises. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. How? Perfecting holiness. In the fear of God, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, exercising ourselves unto godliness, harassing ourselves unto holiness. We're going to cleanse ourselves from filthiness by perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I want you to turn with me back to chapter 1 of 1 Timothy for a moment. Same idea as that text in Romans. Same idea as our text today. There's a contrast being made here. You need to do activity to grow in grace. If you don't, the opposite's going to happen. The opposite is the concern. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Same idea here. Exercise yourselves unto godliness. Same idea as our text today. Don't give yourselves to these wicked fables, all these ridiculous discussions that are not really godly. Don't get yourself all puffed up in knowledge and studying things that really aren't the primary things, even if they are things of the scriptures. Focus on the main things of Christianity, and there's plenty. And if you give yourself to the Westminster standards, they'll keep you plenty busy. If you think you know everything and you have room to grow, uh, go to larger catechism meant for mature Christians and spend your time there for a long time. Right? We preached four and a half years to get through that, and we were just scratching the surface. You know, work the things that are there for you to exercise with. And don't waste your time going to these things. People want to get you on all kinds of tangents. You know, just don't worry about when the Lord Jesus is coming back. Know that he's coming back at any moment. And when he does, it's done. And watch for him as you're exercising, waiting for his return and seeking to give a witness to the world until he does. Don't worry about what year it is. He tells us don't do that. That's wicked. Just stop. Just know that he's coming back and get ready for him. Right? You don't know when the Lord's calling you home. Just exercise and run the race the best you can until he does. Focus on these things. Grow in these things. Beloved, be a gym rat. That's what they often refer to themselves. You're going to find me in the gym. I'm a gym rat. I'm like a rat in the gym. I'm just always there. It's always hanging around. Be a gym rat. It keeps you out of the other wrong kind of places where the dirty rats decay. And the beautiful thing is anyone can do this exercise regardless of your age, whether you're very young or very old, regardless of your stage of life, regardless of the strength of your body. While your body, young or old, may be failing, 
You can be spiritually growing stronger and stronger every moment, every meditation. And you can end up being the strongest among us all. And that you'll never lose that. That goes right with you to heaven. And you will feel and see spiritual muscles growing the more you work them. The more you work them. Isn't that what we had? Eat a little better, do a couple of sit-ups, and oh, let's sit down. I think I'm feeling a little flatter. I feel, I'm feeling a little less jab of the hut and a little more, uh, I don't know, it's not a six-pack yet, but I like my pants are a little easier, my belt's a little looser, you know, just a little bit, and you, you pretty quickly start to see some benefits, right? And especially if we have really been neglecting something, the great thing is, while you're not going to get to the great level right away, you experience changes pretty quickly because <laughs> there's so much room for growth, right? But be motivated by all this. John Barrett puts it this way, a little grace is hardly discerned, but growing stronger, it is easier to discover it by its more lively acting. No pain, no gain. Beloved, we're going to pump you up. Your theme, when you return to the godly gymnastics, I'll be back. You say to the devil, I'll crush you with my little pinky finger. Well, yeah, I'm thinking of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Another YouTube short, it's called Learn to Love the Gym. You know, he was Mr. Universe. He wanted to be Mr. Universe. Why? Because as he was growing up as a young man in Austria, he saw a magazine with another man on the cover of a muscle magazine who was Mr. Universe, and he was a movie star, and he was rich, and he had all these opportunities. He says, that's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to become a muscle man. I'm going to be on the magazine as Mr. Universe. I'm going to be a movie star, and I'm going to be wealthy, and I'm going to have lots of influence. So, he lifted and lifted weights to grow his muscles. And he was Mr. Universe. And he is a movie star. It's funny, one of the movies that made him famous, famous Conan the Barbarian, I'm not necessarily recommending, I can't remember anything about it. But uh, one of the things about him, they say, the producers said, it's a good thing that Arnold Schwarzenegger was here in America with all his muscles to the level they were. Otherwise, we would have had to build Conan the Barbarian because he didn't exist. I mean, <laughs> there was nobody to fill the role of Conan the Barbarian because of the size of this guy and the crazy muscles of this guy, except Mar uh, except uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Thankfully, he was here, so we didn't have to try to build this guy like a robot. Arnold is an immigrant to the United States, and all of this even paid off in him becoming, as you know, the governor of our state of California. You know how he also got started uh, when he first moved here? He made himself really busy in New York, buying properties, fixing them, selling them, renting them. He says, if I'm going to be able to have a house myself, I need to go invest and build. Uh, and he was wealthy before he was ever famous by working hard in buying and renting properties. You know, a lot of immigrants that come to our country, they know how to work. They know how to take advantage of what we have to offer here. They come ready to work. <laughs> People with a mind to work, as the scriptures say. And of course, the thing I'm emphasizing about him is his work ethic. That word to apply spiritually. Paul would point to somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger and say, be like that spiritually. 
and grow your spiritual muscles and have an incredible influence on this nation for Christ. Because it is all about the fame of Christ that we're interested in bringing attention to. But he says this in, in another YouTube short. He says, this is why I always smiled when I was in the gym. He's always smiling, right? And he was always smiling in the gym. He said, people always came to me and says, why are you smiling? You're working out five hours a day. You're doing the same as the other guys, but the other guys have a sour face. They're not happy they have to do another rep. And he said, I look forward to another 500 pounds of squat. I looked forward to doing more and more curls until my arms fall off. Why? Because I knew that every rep that I did and every set that I did and the more weights that I lifted, I got one step closer to turning that vision into reality. And he did. And so he's always smiling. Yeah, I know this is hard, but I'm, I'm, you know what I'm going to get out of this? I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> I'm going to Hollywood. You can be saying, I don't know what your problem is, brother. Pick up another waiter. I'm going to provoke you with my elbow there. Love and good works. I'm going to heaven. We're going to heaven. Let's look the part. This is the way you and I should be. Sanctified exercise with sanctified smiling. Turning our vision of the kingdom of heaven into more of our reality as citizens on earth. Becoming more of the godly person God would have us be. As he's right there, right behind us, we're pushing the next way. up. I got it. You got it. You can do this. And he makes sure it doesn't fall and crush us. And even is what's the reason we're able to lift it. And who we will be most blessed to be. This is the way we should be about it. Always working out ourselves unto salvation holiness. Because we get to. And because we get to have all its benefits that come with every rep. Every hupomene. Every reading. Every prayer. Every singing of his songs. It's all building and influencing to who we are and who we will be in heaven. That's why it's so much greater than the, the physical. But even that physical exercise and helping your body help your soul is spiritual and beneficial. We get to have all its benefits here now and with the kind of growth that lasts and continues forever into heaven with our new spiritual bodies that will join us there. Beloved, how will you spend the rest of your days? Day by day. May you, with smiles on your faces, with each spiritual exertion and each holy self-harassment along the way, be smiling as you exercise thyself unto godliness. And that's the message for you today, straight from the text. Exercise thyself unto godliness. More on that tonight, growing in grace by God's word. Exercise thyself unto godliness. Let us pray. Lord, we do thank you for eternal life 
and the abundant life you've given us here to enjoy as we exercise ourselves in your godliness by your means of grace. I pray your blessing upon us all as we've given ourselves to be here with the means of grace and as I've observed exercising ourselves even from within the pews. I pray you bless this exercise as we go back. We've spent good time in the gym. And just as we go back with physical exercise, we feel better. The endorphins kick in. The sweat brings bad things out. And we want to go back and build. Lord, bless us to come back tonight and to keep growing and provoking one another to love and good works, growth and grace and godliness for your glory and for our own good, knowing we hold on to your promises that that's exactly what it will be for us. We pray your blessing on us as we serve you in Jesus' name, the author and finisher of our faith. And all your people said.